I touch turns into a disaster. I guess I don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. Christmas is just another excuse for white Christian capitalists to shove their wealth and religion in the faces of marginalized people. It has nothing to do with the birth of Jesus, who wasn't even born on December 25th. Your Christmas isn't the only holiday, Charlie Brown. What about Hanukkah? Kwanzaa? Where's the school plays to celebrate Yule? Or the Hallmark movies wishing everyone a merry winter solstice? How about the Diwali Festival of Lights? You never heard of the Diwali Festival of Lights, did you? Don't get me started on the Salvation Army. All this because America is a quasi-religious, anti-LGBTQAIP oligarchy. Where Christmas is thrust upon us and everyone falls for materialism each year like the good little mindless sheep they are. And they follow their shepherd, Donald Trump. Ah. And that's what Christmas is all about, you cis white male. Oh, brother. A podcast. <coughs> so before I have my coffin fit, like, share, subscribe, leave a comment at the real underscore Big John on Twitter, Truth Social, and Getter. Now we've got that out of the way for the second or third time. Um, <laughs> so somebody decided to make a climate change documentary. Featuring Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, known as AOC, and four women fighting <laughs> to enact intensive, extensive, intensive climate laws. They thought this was going to be huge. It's getting $80 per theater. I'm sure it didn't have a big budget, and I'm sure they're going to say, well, the money's not important, it's getting the message out. But let me explain this. The theater usually runs a movie four or five times a day. So if it's making $80 per day per theater, that means a total of like one person on an average day is going to see this movie. Uh, or no, no, it would be more than that. I take that back. That would be like $80 a week. Uh, maybe three or four people are seeing this movie a day. <laughs> but uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez thinks she's taken up the fight from Al Gore and, you know, is going to get the Green New Deal, which is nothing but a socialist takeover of the economy uh, and all these things passed. And they have ruined a lot of lives and accomplished a little through, you know, climate activism, like shutting down the uh, Keystone XL pipeline and all these other things. And it's important to know the United States is not even in the top five world polluters. If we are, we might be fifth place. So maybe we're in the top five, but like number one is China, followed by Russia and France and some of these other countries. And uh, Great Britain was just in such a climate crisis. They fired back up the coal-fired power plants. <laughs> they said, to hell with it. We're, 
we've got people freezing. We've got people that don't have electricity to cook and heat with and uh, bathe with. We're turning back on the coal. <laughs> so I hope that comes to America soon because I'm from coal country. Um, but AOC is no Al Gore. Well, they're both kind of nuts. Uh, Ohio GOP Chairman Bob Paduchik, uh is stepping down. Uh, he survived an attempted coup from <laughs> a, a, an old acquaintance of mine, Brian Williams from Summit County. Um, Paducek had some problems. He was caught on tape by a different John Morrow. A John without the H. This John, a John without the H is a bad person. Just telling you. So make sure your John has an H in it before you trust him. He's being silly now. Uh, but I've never met the John Morrow that is leaking this, but it's out there. And some friends of mine got calls like, hey, is this your friend Big John that leaked this audio of Bob Paduchik uh, talking about how they funnel money around politics. And I don't know if this is what he's, is bringing him down. Uh, Paduchik is known as, as a good campaigner, one of the greatest campaign managers in the country. Uh, but what he was uh, caught on secret audio saying is that each political party has a state candidate fund. And what they'll do is the candidates will say, make a check out to the Ohio Republican Party candidate fund and uh, put in the, the comments or memo section, uh, Joe Schmo, and then the Ohio Republican Party and the Ohio Democrat Party will spend that money on Joe Schmo's campaign or they'll cut a check back to Joe Schmo for that money. And it's a way for big donors, like say from California, uh, Holly Weird, uh, or big conservative uh, donors, you know, like a gun, gun rights activist, to write a large check to a candidate that's above the campaign uh, contribution limit. And they make the check out to the parties, either party, Democrat or Republican Party, candidate fund, and then the party writes a check to the candidate where they spend that money on the candidate's uh, campaign for them, like running negative ads against their opponent or something like that. Uh, Paducek, I don't know a lot about him, good, bad, or otherwise. Uh, Brian Williams, I had a lot of interactions with. Um, he's trying to be another Alex Archnikoff and he's not, you know, I can't say good, bad, or otherwise about him personally, uh, but he's just an average politician. Uh, there will never be another Ray Bliss who mentored Alex Archnikoff. And there will be never be another Alex Archnikoff because he didn't mentor anybody. He, he kind of did mentor a friend of mine, but I don't want to drop his name here. Uh, 
but anyways. Um, Williams said he's not going to run for Ohio Republican chairman in one of the articles I read. He said he's going to find try and build a coalition to back the best candidate, which he has about two weeks to do that. And I've been plugging away trying to find more articles on this situation. That's about where it ends. Uh, personally, I'd like to see uh, Jane Timken come back. I think she was a good chairwoman, good representative for the party. When it comes to either political party, money will always be there from your base. And then the lobbyists, uh, unless they're actually ethical lobbyists, they'll give money to either side. So you can kind of tell which way an election is trending by where the lobbyists are throwing their money. But uh, one person that has declared is uh, Alex Trenta Falu. His last name is spelled T-R-I-A-N-T-A-F-I. L-O-U. I'll just call him Alex. Uh, he's the Hamilton County chairman. He's probably a great fundraiser. Uh, it's always been said in Ohio politics, the money comes from the western side of the state and the grassroots comes from the east and northeast. I don't know why that is. East, northeast Ohio Alex Archnikoff was one of the biggest fundraisers in the nation helped out nationally on campaigns and a lot of national fundraising for the national party and the state party. Uh, but it, Western Ohio seems to have a little more of an edge when it comes to donating for some reason. At least that's what I've been told. Don't really care. Not important. I'd rather see Jane Temkin, but I don't know if she wants back in as chairwoman. Uh, after we did not see our red wave take place. Now, Ohio was a red tsunami. We won everything. But nationally, the red wave didn't happen. Uh, Rana, not Rhonda, R-O-N-N-A, Rana McDaniel, uh, is the current national chairwoman, and she's facing some opposition for her re-election. The parties will do their realigning this January at their organizational meetings. Uh, right now, running against Ronna McDaniel, uh, I guess the My Pillow guy is throwing his hat in there. Maybe, sort of. I heard him say he's thinking about it, and then I saw a survey somewhere on someone's Twitter. Should My Pillow guy, Mike Lindell, be RNC chairman? No. No, uh, if I would support anyone, and I don't think my support matters, but anyone other than Ronna McDaniel, this uh, lady Hermit, Harmeet, her first name is H-A-R-M-E-E-T, Dillon, D-H-I-L-L-O-N. Uh, she's an attorney for the Republican Party. Uh, she leads the Republican National Lawyers Association. She said some good things I agree with, 
One is Republicans are tired of losing. And we don't lose a lot, but we go in waves. A little too wavy. Uh, across the nation, we have the majority of governors and state legislatures. But nationally, we want presidents. We want senators. Uh, but a lot of that's tied into Mitch McConnell as to who gets elected Senate and who the Republican Party's uh, Senate campaign supports. Uh, but anyways, uh, she says we can't keep running elections like it's the 90s and early 2000s, which I was a student of the late 90s and early 2000s campaign style. Uh, targeted door-to-door -door campaigning, uh, targeted mailing, uh, trying to get your base out there on election day with phone calls, which have been replaced with text messages. Uh, but, you know, phone calling, knocking on doors on election day, uh, all those things we have to change our way of thinking with this mail-in balloting. Uh, you can find on your local Board of Elections website usually uh, but especially in the bigger counties, who and where they sent absentee ballots out uh, on, uh, well, on whatever day. And generally, we would look at that, we would print off address labels and send what's called a chase piece, which is a mailer, and send it to all the people that requested uh or pardon me, all the people who the Board of Elections mailed absentee ballots to. Okay. And we'll talk more about mail-in balloting later. Uh, but the Republican Party has to catch up with one, the mail-in voting machine. It's here to stay. And people said a, a while ago, talking to a friend of mine who talks to consultants, that for a couple years now they've been telling the Republican Party you've got to learn how to uh, campaign to these mail-in elections now or you're going to lose every time and that could be why we didn't see the red wave uh, this Hermit Dillon I'm probably not pronouncing her name right Hermit uh, she said the party needs has become a populist party which I agree with. Uh, Trump had way more uh, gay, bisexual, um, tr I don't know if he had trans people. He had people that were actually qualified. That's why they didn't get a lot of attention in his cabinet, in his administration. Uh, he was the first president, first person to run for president and be open about being pro-gay marriage. That's right, Obama didn't come out as, be, as supporting gay marriage till after his re-election. Gotta watch these guys, people. They're shifty, I tell ya. But anyways, Dylan goes on to say, uh, the base of the party demands a populist message. Uh, we also have to modernize our fundraising and messaging. Uh, the Democrats seem to always have had the advantage of uh, over us on internet uh, fundraising. I don't know if that's what Ms. Dillon is speaking of. 
but let's presume. The Republicans uh, rely a lot on fundraising events, which are all, which are fun to go to, and they rely. Uh, they realize they rely a lot on uh, checks being mailed in, things like that. We need to update that. Um, just quickly, things I think we need to change or modernize. Look for new ways to campaign to the uh, mail-in voting crowd. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be there no matter what. It's not going away. We can make sure the laws are in place that it's harder to cheat with these mail-in things like uh, ballot harvesting, uh, things like, uh, pardon me, ballots being counted that don't have signatures or identification. But at the end of the day, once that ballot goes into the machine and is counted, you can't trace it back to who sent it in or what envelope it was taken from. So we're going to have to find a way to get those votes in the first place. Uh, new ways to get the message out, podcasting and social media. If you're a candidate now, you're going to have to have a, a podcast. If you're a candidate, you're going to have to be a TikToker, an Instagrammer, Facebook, whatever else is out there. Uh, if you're on Truth Social, you're preaching to the choir if you're a Republican. Uh, if you're on Twitter, you've got, you got to be on Twitter too. Uh, that's more the open forum, the town square, so to speak, where everybody's there. So McDaniel has her supporters. Uh, they circulated a letter of support, which got 107 out of 100. 68 members to sign so it sounds like she has enough support to get reelected national chairwoman but whoever is there we're going to have to update and modernize and Ronna McDaniel was doing some of that in Ohio here some things that are going on uh, I don't know if this is a lame duck session, but a lot of things are going to be passed in the last few days of this uh, uh, legislature. <laughs> Couldn't think. Some people were term limited. Um, the Republicans kept the Ohio House and the Ohio Senate by huge margins. One thing that's in here is... Uh, Something interesting. The Ohio Fairness Act, Senate Bill 119, uh, sponsored by State Senator uh, Nikki Antonio, a Democrat of Lakewood, and my state senator, Michael Rooley of uh, Salem, Ohio. And what it does is it includes sexual orientation and gender identity in discrimination laws and it where I what I found interesting in this law it's not sure what section it's under hold on I have to go up here Let's scroll up get the official section number no, I have to scroll the wrong way son of a gun gun of a son 
Well, let's just do it the simple way. On page five, section III, you can't discriminate with hiring, <coughs> uh, renting, selling a home to uh, based on orthopedic, visual, speech, hearing impairments, cerebral palsy, autism, epilepsy, diabetes, uh, emotional illness, drug addiction, uh, intellectual disability, blah, blah, blah. They also have now thrown in there homosexuality, bisexuality, transvestism, transsexualism, pedophilia. I think, though, I'm sorry, I think pedophiles should be discriminated against, but in fact, I think it should be life sentence, capital punishment. But anyways, exhibitionism, that's if you're like a, a freaky deaky. <laughs> so I, I don't know, Google it if you don't know what exhibitionism is. Voyeurism, so if you're uh, one of those people that runs a webcam sex party out of your house, they can't discriminate against you on that. Uh, gender identity disorder not resulting from physical impairment or other sexual behavior disorders. So you can't discriminate against people based on that. Scroll back down here to what? Notice of right to sue. It's right underneath of, uh, well, it starts with sentence 156, but up here in sentence 153, or line 153. An unlawful discriminatory practice is prohibited by division of section I or J, section of 4112.02 of the High Revised Code that is related to employment. Notice of right to sue means a notice sent by a commission to a person who files a charge under section 4112.051 of the revised code that states a person who filed the charge may bring civil action relating to the charge of pursuant to section 4112.052 or 4112.14 of the revised code <clears throat> in accordance with section 4112.052 of the revised code. For purposes of this section, revised code terms because of sex on the basis of sex include but are not limited to because of basis of pregnancy, illness arising, or occurring out of pregnancy, childbirth, or related medical condition. <clears throat> Let's see down here. Uh, this, this division shall be construct, construed, shall not be construed, excuse me, 
to require the employer to pay health <coughs> insurance benefits for abortion, except where the mother of the life is endangered, if the fetus were carried to term, or uh, blah, blah, blah. For the purpose of the revised code, any respecting sexual discrimination includes discrimination because of a person's sexual orientation or identity or expression. So you can no longer discriminate against somebody under the threat of lawsuit against somebody uh, in, for, in the workplace as far as hiring, firing, blah, 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 based on their sexual orientation, gender identity, or expression. So I go into work tomorrow, say I identify as a woman and start using the women's toilet. My boss can't fire me. That's the way I'm understanding this. Very interesting and progressive for Ohio. <clears throat> also, there's the uh, House Bill 294, uh, an act, an act, excuse me, Ohio election security and modernization. So this is pretty interesting. It requires testing of voting machines, uh, Page 38 and 39, section 3506.14 is all about testing the voting machines before election day to make sure they're working properly. Uh, any tabulating machines, all that stuff. Uh, I used to do this when I was interning and working part-time at the Board of Elections, which part-time... <laughs> And interning meant 40 plus hours a week for a living wage at the good old Summit County Board of Patriot, I mean, not patron, not patronageism, patronage, no, no patron, there's no patronage there, uh, Summit County Board of Elections. Everyone there was either, I was the top volunteer and the rest of the people were related to either elected officials or big contributors, and that goes for both parties. Uh, just a little inside knowledge. But we used to have to test the voting machines out to make sure they were sufficient, make sure they were working correctly. Uh, even going back to, I was there uh, at the very end of the old punch card system. Uh, we had to take the punch card machines apart shake out all the uh, little, they call them chads, little tiny, teeny, teeny, tiny pieces of paper that were in the machine and make sure the machine was clean and ready to go for the next punch card election. And then we did uh, tests on the Scantron machines where you fill in a circle and scan it. We made sure they were scanning properly one year, um, things like that. Uh, on the absentee ballot requirements, they have shored this up. The person requesting the absentee ballot has to mail it in or deliver it to the Board of Elections themselves. 
these can't be harvested by somebody and brought to the Board of Elections. Uh, it has to, and it's always, the second part's always been this way. Uh, the name, signature, address, date of birth, driver's license, or last four digits of the social security number have to be on that uh, envelope, which goes inside of another envelope and is mailed to the Board of Elections with your ballot. That always had to be there. If any of those things are missing, that ballot's tossed out because you can't be identified and traced to that voter. So it's just a way of shoring up elections. It'll get all kinds of heat and negative press when it passes. Uh, but if we're going to have elections, we've got to have laws. I mean, my vote should not be canceled out by someone that is not a legal, excuse me, is not a legal voter or somebody who filled out someone's ballot for them or somebody that, let's say my, I request a ballot and it gets sent to my old address. Whoever's living there shouldn't be able to scribble some name on there, uh, you know, scribble a signature and send it back in and steal my vote. Uh, lastly, our Secretary of State, Frankie LaRoche, Frank LaRoche, guy I've met a few times, seems nice enough, but he's got this idea now that when it comes to getting an issue on the ballot to amend the Ohio Constitution, it has to get 60% of the vote instead of 50% plus one. I'm not a, not a fan of this. Uh, if you're going to amend the Constitution of the United States, it takes two-thirds majority, I think, to amend the Constitution. And he's kind of I guess going that route that there needs to be a bigger percentage of people supporting a constitutional amendment than just 50% plus one. It could literally be 50% point zero one or 51% and it would change the Ohio constitution. Uh, it, it works both ways. What if Republicans or conservatives wanted to get an issue through and changed? And, of course, Frank is saying that this is not a partisan thing. He just thinks that the threshold should be higher. Everyone else is saying uh, it's a way for conservatives, Frank LaRose being one, to make it harder to get marijuana, a marijuana amendment passed, uh, make it harder to get an abortion amendment passed, uh, all those things, because those are the things that typically appear on the ballot for Ohio uh, with <clears throat> these constitutional amendments. 
and they usually lose, but I just, I don't think it should be any more than 50% plus one. It's worked fine for years. It can keep working. And a second group can get 50% plus one to get that amendment changed. So, uh, I don't think this is a hill he needs to die on, but he seems to really be pushing for this. Uh, the bill number, or the proposal number, whatever you want to call it, the official title is HUR6, from what I've read. So, I don't know. I think it needs to be left the way it is. But, that's just some things that are going on in local and state politics that I wanted to touch on toward the end of the year here. Getting ready for a new... Congress in the U.S. of A. Can't wait till we get a new president. And I'm all for Trump. I'm not. I'm not walking out on my boy yet. Um, he's gonna have to do a lot to lose my support. Uh, I don't have a problem with Ron DeSantis, but or anyone else that might run as a Republican. Well, Mitt Romney, I would have a problem with, and a few others. But <clears throat> I'm still. A Trump supporter died in the wool because I feel like I've, I've been Trump. I'm the person that uh, was called the religious right. I was the tea party, tea bagger, tea leaf after that. Uh, and then I was the Trump, whatever the hell they called us. <clears throat> and The Republican Party, when they need to win an election, they always come to the conservative grassroots part of the party. And to me, that's what the MAGA Republicans are. We're the grassroots. We're the, the people they need to show up to win. So, anyway, I'm not going to walk out on Trump. So, God bless you guys. Pray for each other. Love somebody today and be the reason somebody feels loved. Till next time, God bless you.